You know there's a movement. You know there's an anti-golf movement going on, eh? Have you heard about this? What? It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 40 of the H-Dog Pod. <sighs> Another dumb milestone episode. And as you probably know by now, I don't care for them. I'm going to bypass discussing any athletes who wore number 40 in lieu of talking about golf. Specifically, how much I hate slash love it because I'm so fired up. I played today and it was absolutely brutal through the first nine holes. I had a bunch of dumbass shots and was total garbage. But then I rallied to make it a decent round. I was so livid through the start of my round, as you can tell. I'm not one for hyperbole, but I might actually be the dumbest and the worst golfer in the history of the entire planet. I am so freaking brutal, making the dumbest swings ever. Golf always reels you back in, though, and convinces you to play the next time, which happened to me today after a scintillating, good word, back nine holes. I'm pissed and I'm cheesed, so let's discuss something more uplifting. The Toronto Blue Jays making the playoffs Oh, wait. I'm upset about the how they got crushed in that, too. Apparently, I'm just triggered about everything right now. Well, I know my guest is a huge baseball fan, so maybe she'll be happier about the Blue Jays than I am. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on Marissa Roberto. You know her as the host of Digital SC, the quick-form show on Sports Center Instagram, recapping the night in sports. I work behind the scenes at TSN along her doing highlight packs, brag, back in the day. And she's also hosted several e-games shows in addition to being a huge baseball fan. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Marissa. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I know you and I met, you're actually one of the first people that said hello to me when I was an intern like 10 years ago now at TSN. You showed me how to work the prompter, showed me how to clip things. You were very helpful. So oh. I will always remember you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, I, I, I guess it's better than you saying, uh, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. What a freaking <laughs> dick that guy was, eh? No, because, like, you know who it is. Uh, when you're an intern, literally no one takes you seriously anyways. Plus, you happen to be a female in a very male-dominated industry, and you kind of walk in there feeling just like an idiot. Like, you don't know anything. You don't know how to do anything, and you kind of just hope that someone is nice to you. You were very nice to me. There was a handful of people that were nice to me. Christopher Hine, my producer for Digital Sports Center, was another producer who was very kind. Um, so, like, the people who are kind always stand out, right? You always remember them. And people who are just absolute jerks, total assholes, you remember those people, too. And you live for spite. Yeah, <laughs> the spite story. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> spite I def- story for sure. Yeah, I remember back in the day, uh, one of the guys that I, uh, Neil Salinas, when I was an intern, uh, yes. January two thousand six. Oh my god, time flies. Wow. Uh, I same same thing as you. I, I remember him as being a super super nice guy, positive guy, and helpful. And because it is, it is. Uh, I think definitely the, the default position a lot of times is oh, they're an intern oh, who is this clown yeah. i don't i don't want to talk to them type thing right so exactly uh, it, it is nice when someone actually is uh, pretty uh, nice to you for sure yeah and like take that because you know you guys are busy in there like you're, you actually have work to do you've got things to do but the fact that you take your time and help somebody is just so valuable and yeah neil was another one who was just like right away super sweet very helpful and like especially when you go in there to being an intern you have like certain sports that are like your go-to and you understand them and you watch more of them and then there are other sports that you just don't as much so like you feel like such a jackass when you don't know every player you don't know exactly how it's supposed to work um so for people to take the time to help that was uh really nice but they mostly just gave me baseball and and soccer games as they do for most interns i think well uh i was going to mention that baseball i know is your if correct me if i'm wrong your biggest passion correct <laughs> yeah i um yeah out of all the sports i know because i work for a bar down now with the bar down crew it's very hockey heavy and of course of course i love hockey but um baseball has always been it for me for a few reasons but um it was my first sport that i really fell in love with because i got to work at um skydome when I first moved to Toronto, I would serve in the luxury suites there. Oh, damn. So it was like the sweet, it, honestly, one of the best gigs ever. I was there like during Halliday, uh, O'Dog, Aaron Hill, um, Eric Hinsky was rookie of the year. Like oh, that whole crew Russ was Adams. incredible. Russ, yes, Russ Adams. Oh my gosh, Frank Catalanato, like all of those <laughs> boys. And it was such a wild ride. Like they didn't ever make it to the playoffs, I know, but. 
um, they just had such a good vibe on the field. And that's what attracted me to baseball, like just getting to know each and every player, um, just watching the pitcher and understanding the different moves. Like I really got into it because I had the time to sit and get into it. Plus I was getting paid to be there. So it was just like all these bonuses, just checking every box. And um, yeah, it was kind of just like a serendipitous uh, job and kind of summer and then I went to go see like I drove to Cleveland with my boyfriend we went to go um, you know watch the tribe play and then they played um, our favorite baseball movie The Natural on the big screen after I just feel like there were a lot of there are a lot of different things in baseball that are that just kind of make it special you know like there are just these magic moments that happen that I haven't really felt with other sports there are magic moments in other sports but nothing as serendipitous as the way baseball kind of gets you even with um like sports movies baseball like there's just something about it there's something there that's magic and so i always want to hold on to that serendipitous uh, great word uh angels yeah. angels in the outfield is not your favorite baseball movie it is, no i mean that, it, that was okay if you're gonna put angels in the outfield like at the top of the list there there are many others that you should be putting at the top i don't watch a lot of movies so I, pro- I probably haven't seen a lot of them actually to be fair <laughs> I know, like even just thinking of Field of Dreams and the fact that we were supposed to see that actually play out this year, they were going to make that Field yeah. of Dreams of actual reality. Um, and then, of course, COVID season hit. And it's funny because out of all the leagues that kind of <laughs> had to manage COVID season, obviously MLB did not do the greatest of jobs. That um, The start of the MLB season this year was an absolute garbage fire. But <laughs> like, they got through so- it somehow. I'm, I'm stunned they were able to do that, right? So am I. Yeah, that those first few weeks, it everything. It was just a joke. Everything about it was a joke. The way Rob Manfred was handling everything, like I, I'm like, dude, do you even like baseball? Like, do you, are you even enjoying yourself? Because I can't tell by the way things are going. Everybody was testing positive for COVID. Jays didn't have a place to be. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even. There, the it was so hard to follow like where exactly teams were sitting in the standings because there were so many teams that couldn't <laughs> play games because yeah. of COVID. Um, yeah, it was such a wild ride. have no idea how we got here now, but now all of a sudden we're in like the second round of postseason already. Now that, I mean, at the time of the taping of this podcast, we're in the second round of postseason. Yeah. And, uh, well, unfortunately the Blue Jays, uh, our favorite team, as we, oh as we mentioned, God. lost in two games to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, what'd you think about the year and, uh, how things went? Uh, obviously disappointing, but pretty, I think, a pretty positive overall. Um, yeah, positive, positive until the end there. No, like a positive, but when you end on the sour note, um, Mm, like many of the seasons have gone for the Blue Jays, like it's hard to, um, get your spirits up about them. You kind of just feel like, uh, okay, you know what? They're young. They'll like figure it out. But, um, you know, when you get, you have interviews like Bichette giving interviews the way he does and how confident he is. And then like to go into the game. And see that confidence, literally just the air was completely out of his tires that last game. Like I, those last two games, like Bichette, like what is going on, man? Like you just see their youth, right? Like you see it kind of take over because of how much pressure a playoff game is. Like you don't, you can't feel it until you're in it. You can talk all you want beforehand, but the second you get in there, it's like you don't know how the nerves are going to kind of take over. And you kind of saw him. Um, you, you saw Bichette that you didn't want to see, right? Because, like, Bichette's Mr. Cool Guy, like, flow, like, all of it. He's got it all. And then, like, you see, like, the, the air out of the tires. And it was just like, oh, no, there's no way they're coming back from this. There's absolutely no way because you just see their faces. Like, they're not into it anymore. It almost feels like. What do you think about uh, pitching Shoemaker on the in the first game and then Ryu in the <laughs> second one and uh, taking uh, you, Shoemaker out, you, uh, after three innings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you were you one of the were you on Twitter mad about that? A lot of people were mad. <laughs> a um, lot of people were upset. At first, I thought maybe because this is only uh, Shoemaker's uh, second game in like a month. I thought maybe he's on a pitch count. They didn't want to like you know overextend him yeah. because he. But then it's like, oh yeah, no, how he pitched like fifty four pitches or so or something like that the game before. So to take him after yeah. after thirty five pitches, I was like, oh well, there goes that narrative. So I was, yeah. sort, of, I was sort of trying to figure that one out. Um, I can't really sort it either other than like, um, managers have a really tough job, right? They have a really tough job of like making that decision. Like there'll be a hero if it's the right one mm-hmm. and there'll be absolutely like pitchforks out, um, if it's the wrong one. And of course, Charlie absolutely ate it, 
um, after that first game. So I don't, I don't know what he was trying to do. I think maybe he was trying to, you know, play chess, like three steps, three moves or 20 moves ahead. What's grandmaster, like 35 moves ahead or something. I don't know if that's what he, um, was thinking, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I don't know. I still don't really understand it. Um, I feel like few do. (laughs) Like, Few do. I don't. Uh, I thought maybe. Okay, maybe he's saving it because then, like, can he put him back in if um, Ryu doesn't do well in the second game? Like, is it possible he can just put him in there just in case? And that's why he's saving his arm now. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what his thirty steps ahead were there. And maybe, maybe Charlie didn't have it. Maybe he was just rolling the dice and like you know he's a gambler. Who knows? Um, no, no clue. No clue. Yeah, it's it was definitely weird. Uh, thankfully pretty much the narrative wasn't totally like say Robbie Ray of course gave up the one run in the fourth inning but I had to give it up like you know five runs or something and oh, oh my god obviously clearly it would have been completely oh eviscerated good word but uh yeah. it wasn't so bad the narrative for that but uh do you feel like do you like do you like so the Blue Jays management like uh, Atkins and Shapiro or are you a fan of them like <sighs> I feel like maybe in that situation there they might have been trying to outsmart themselves a little. I feel like the, I feel like I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel they're they're uh, attempting to be the smartest guy in the room, so to speak, and they, yes. and, and, they and they want you to know that they're the smartest guy in the room, which sometimes yes. can screw themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the bar was maybe set a little too high um, for Shapiro when he came here. Like, do you remember how we were so pumped about it? Like, this is it. He's going to do for us what he did for his last team. Like, like he's got this like no problem championship in the bag. Like we got this. And I think, and like he, he fired a bunch of people. Like he, there was a big overhaul at Roger center too. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you, so you think that like, okay, he's cleaning house. Like he's going to do this right. And, I don't know. Maybe we had our hopes too high. You know, when you have like expectations, there's just no way they can live up to them. So um, maybe, maybe we're just all a little jaded. <laughs> maybe we're all just all a little um, bummed out by the fact that we've been disappointed just so often mm. by this team, especially lately that it's like, Oh man, I feel like the last two seasons, isn't it so sad how you made it to the playoffs, you know, that feeling and you know, the vibe of the Roger center, like when you're in there and how wonderful it is and they're actually in postseason and they win. And then to not make it this season after and to not, you know what I mean? Just like to not get there again. And you just feel like, Oh man, they're just constantly, we're constantly playing catch up. I feel like we're constantly playing catch up with other um, teams here. And I, I don't know, like the fact that the fact that they were going on a tear as well this season, the Yankees were had the biggest lump ever. It was amazing. Like we're riding that high. And then I guess that's just sports, man. <laughs> I guess that's just sports. Like as I'm like talking about this, like, no, this is just what it's like being a sports fan. I was even watching that Raptors game. Um, I forget which game it was now where it was just like, why do we even like sports? Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? It was yeah. torture. Yeah. Like, it's just torture. But it, you just, you ride it for that um, that high again, right? Well, that's, uh, that's what I said in my intro. Basically, uh, I was golfing today and, you know, the first eight holes, I was absolutely horrible doing stupid things and just being a piece of crap, basically. <laughs> and then the last 10 holes, I was really, really good. And it's like, you know, the first eight holes obviously drive you crazy and you hate it so much, but then it brings yeah. you back. And always sports always bring you back where, okay, yeah. this is the golfer I could be the last 10 holes. Where was that the first eight holes? No problem. <laughs> the next round I play, I'll do that for sure. And then I probably won't. It's just, that's just sports, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Like, yeah, for sure. You got to have the physicality there. You got to have the mechanics, but like, think of how much of it is mental, especially with golf. Like, you, uh, I played my first round of golf. <laughs> When I was in Saskatoon, uh, just recently, I'm like, holy crap, I got the pitching wedge down. I got that part down, but everything else, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> like, I, you got to you gotta wrap your head around it. That's perfect. I, I remember when I, I first played my first round, I think I was 11 years old uh, in Manitoba. Same thing, pitching wedge, that's all I ever hit, and I, I hit mm-hmm, it pretty mm-hmm. well. And then for years after, uh, when I started playing, I hit a seven wood for probably like eight, 10 years, pretty much every single shot for the most part. And it's like uh, once you eventually once you get a little bit better, then of course you you, know, you want to try the different clubs. But just hit a club yeah. that you love, hit a club that you like, yeah, yeah, and stick with it. Do it, and and then you, <laughs> like you'll become driver, addicted. Nah, nah, I don't want the driver. Give me the pitching wedge. <laughs> yeah, well, like, if you love it, and you hit it well. Go yet. for it, right? It's uh, it's the best. I mean, sure, I'll. Uh, I mean, I'll try for the next one. I don't know when I'll get up to a next uh, for a next one again, but we'll see. 
you gotta do it. You gotta do it. it, it golf is the, the absolute best, but uh, yeah, yeah, just hang on. You know, good you know, hey, hey, you know, there's a movement. You know, there's an anti-golf movement going on. Hey, eh? have you heard about this? What? No, Hound, I, I, have I you heard about this Hound Dog Harrison? Oh yes, nope. there's a TikTok. Oh God, TikTok uh, a sucks. Tic, a small TikTok movement. <sighs> Uh, there is, you know what, to be fair, this girl that started it makes some fair points about, uh, you know, a lot of water. Okay. Well, there is a lot of water that is needed to maintain these lawns that do not, that take up a lot of space. They take up a lot of green space that could be, you know, flourishing with, uh, uh, different plants and animals and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's better for the environment to not do that. It's also, um, to a lot of people, it seems very elitist. Um, there's a barrier, there's a barrier of entry there and it's almost like a, um, you know, it's a little bit of a boys club. It's a little bit of a, like, you got to have this ticket. You have to be this tall to ride kind of vibe. Yep. No, um, I, I, I agree. Yep. Yeah. So that's basically that, that kind of like surrounds it. And also the fact that, um, you know, some, some courses don't pay taxes. There's like a lot of things that go on to like the economy of it. Um, so, you know, if you want to look into it, it's like the anti-golf movement on TikTok. That sounds like the worst thing I would ever possibly do in the history of my lifetime. (laughs) And I've done a lot of horrible things in my lifetime, but, uh, uh, are you, are you on TikTok? I find TikTok is the dumbest thing ever. No, it's okay. So I understand why you think that I, I get it too. Cool dancing, Um, cool dancing. uh, But it's not, um, but there's so much more, there's so much more to it than that. Like there, there's like a kid kind of version, like a kid feed where you're going to see a lot of dancing. Um, I, I mean, I kind of grew up a dancer. Like I was, I did competitive dance for a long time. So I'm down with the dances. Like I can get into them, but like I, yeah, but I, um, for the most part, it's just like other like comedic bits or trends, a lot of news, like a lot of quick bites for news. Um, it's it's a feed that constantly gives you what you want to see. Like it figures you out pretty quickly and then it'll start feeding you with like, I feel like if you were on it for a bit, you kind of get the value of it. But um, as a creator, just making stuff on there, um, it's a hit or miss. Like sometimes it'll go places. Sometimes you'll have a viral video that goes places. And from that, like you can get a bump in your other socials or, you know, whatever it might be. So there is value there for people who want to create. Um, but it's very oversaturated now because it's ju- it just absolutely blew up in popularity. So it's, um, you know, kind of a small chance your video might go viral, but you never know. Do you find the, uh, I would think, say for example, and of course I probably wouldn't do this, but say I made a video that went viral and it was super huge and everyone loved it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would feel the immense pressure for that follow-up video to make it actually decent. Do you find that? Do you have any pressure uh, doing the the TikToks or any of those different ones to do that? Every single time, every single time now. And I feel like for that reason, they've just been flopping. Like every time I post something, it's just like, if it doesn't get, you feel like a, a failure if it doesn't get, um, you know, at least 10K views. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. it's Holy just, crap. yeah, because like, that's just how, that's just the vibe of TikTok, right? Like you're not a success until you get to 10K, but it's not on you. Like sometimes it's not, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just like the algorithm and how it pushes your video. And if it pushes it to people that, you know, might want to see something like that. So it's sometimes catering to your audience, but for the most part, it doesn't matter like how many followers you have. It doesn't push your videos to your followers. It pushes it to just the ether and you, and you got to hope it lands somewhere and hopefully people interact with it. So it'll push even more like, I don't know, it's, it, it really is the wild west out there and, and Instagram is kind of copying it now with reels. So, um, like for example, I posted the, um, there's this guy named Dogface. I don't know if you saw the video of him just like absolutely vibing on a skateboard drinking um his cranberry ocean spray um so that video went viral um just he's just dancing not dancing but kind of like cruising to fleetwood mac dreams and so that video blew up this guy went faint got famous overnight like he had been on tiktok for a while making videos this one video with like very minimal effort on his part he just had a cool song he was listening to and he was just skating on a skateboard and he took a swig of ocean spray and that was it that was it but it's such a vibe that he got 18 he's got over 18 million 
views on this video. 18 million views. And from that, he his account blew up to now I think he almost has 2 million followers on his TikTok. He's got, he got verified on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. He's getting followers and like sponsorships from all over the place. And that's the allure of TikTok, right? It's like, it's that quick, maybe, maybe you'll win the lottery one day. And so for that reason, you got to keep creating because you don't know it might happen to you. Yeah. And I, I got, like I said uh, a few moments ago, like I can't imagine the pressure he's now feeling doing that second video, the, the, the next video after that yeah. one. I honestly, oh, yeah. you, you probably overthink it and it would probably be a, a dud of a video only because he was overthinking like, oh my God, this has to I be know. the most incredible follow-up ever, you know? Oh, it's so tough. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the next videos, I checked him out. The next videos that he was doing were just like, thank you for a million followers. Thank you. I'll, I'll try to keep the vibe going for you guys. Like, he, so he just wants to keep kind of the same vibes going because you have to kind of cater to that audience. So I had a video that blew up um, to right. one point. It was 1.6 million views now. And it was what? my Nana. It was my Nana and Nono just being cute together. That's it. They were just being super cute. And my Nona went up to her and, and sat down beside her and they just sat together and laughed. And I just put little captions over top of it. It was literally nothing. A super quick video. I posted at like one in the morning and it was, I didn't think anything of it. And the next morning it was just booming. And from there, like wow. all these different public, like, like e-news, like all these different websites, like e-talk, whatever, like started picking them up and putting the video out there just because people take something that's sweet and they like the vibe of it and put it out there. But because it was not content that I normally make, like it's just a one-off, it's hard to match that in the next one. But the next one that I put out there was so random. Like it was my friend chopping a corn on the cob. She microwaved it. I thought it was so funny that she's microwaving corn in the husk. So I'm like, okay, so my friend just microwaving corn in a husk and now she's chopping it and, and there's your corn. That was it. And the, I just showed people how to make corn in the husk in the microwave and that got 1.6 million views too and i didn't understand why oh and God. i can't recreate yeah and i can't recreate that content because i don't normally do stuff like that so they're just complete one-offs that i they won't ever really match again it just has to be maybe another one-off one day wow. <laughs> who knows so she microwaved these and it just pops them out you don't have to do any what do they call thing in the world. shucking shucking of the husk husking what do we call that i don't know all right, well, you don't have to do it. Yeah, life hack. Life hack. Eight minutes for two corn. Do you ever find like you post a uh, tweet and you're like, "This is gonna go. This is gonna be hot. Everyone's gonna be all over this one. This is gonna be amazing." Yeah. And that's like, like two interactions, mm -hmm. and you're like, "What? Yeah, yeah, like, I swear yeah. that tweet was incredible. <laughs> like, what the hell, man?" I know my former co-host and I, we'd always tease each other for that. We called sub dubs. So like if he tweeted something and he didn't get at least 10 likes in uh, 10 minutes or something, I forget what the deal was. I would just like message underneath it, like sub dubs. <laughs> like you didn't make it, buddy. Just delete it. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Are you talking about your co-host uh, for uh, e-games that you used to host or what? Uh, who was that? E yeah. Esports. Esports. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 um, that's a world I know literally nothing about. Please tell me. I'm very interested about know. this. I know. You know what? I know when I walked in the building when I first started at TSN for Digital Sports Center and I was telling everybody I came from esports and everyone's looking at me like, pardon? <laughs> like, what? Um, but it's, it's massive. To, it's massive. I know. I was talking to Dan when I did a hit for Jay and Dan when we first did the show. Um, Dan was like, oh, so like drone racing? I'm like, um, <laughs> no, but close. I, um, uh, yeah, so it's just competitive. A lot of people get triggered by the um, word sports in it and athletes. They don't like associating video game professionals and video games as sports. And I understand why that why they might feel that way. Some of the athletes that I interview don't even like being called athletes. They prefer to just be competitive gamers. But they literally train uh, the same kinds of hours that an athlete would train. Like they do they are sitting at a computer, of course, and they're playing that way, but they have coaches, they have sponsors, they have teammates, they have um, dietitians, they have, dietitians, um, you know, wow. mental health. Yeah, people there for their mental health, like psychiatrists, they have all of the, like, wow. these are so heavily funded. Some of these leagues are so heavily funded, so well taken care of. These, these um, competitors are making all kinds of money in sponsorship deals in their year annual salaries. Um, they're really doing it and they're making names for themselves. These are huge scenes that do exist in their own ecosystem. So like, if you don't know anything about esports, obviously this whoa. is going to be like ecosystems? amazing, but excuse me, what 
Yeah. So because the because okay, so gaming itself is its own bubble, right? Like um, just mainstream gaming. So when you think of video games and you like to play Chell or you know Madden or FIFA or whatever you like to play, those exist in their own bubbles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's also the competitive side of those games. So there's the esports side that maybe you might not even know of. Like you might not know the famous athletes that play for these teams like each mls team has their own e-athlete essentially who plays fifa and represents them in e-mls cups um just little just little things like that yeah so that's and that's just the sports side of it but the sports side doesn't get as many views or as many um dollars essentially as other games like league of legends or dota or csgo or overwatch all of these different games have different ecosystems like they all have their own unique bubble their own niche so each gamer that plays these games or fans of these games tend to only gravitate and watch those games it's there's very few there's little crossover between all of them so um a game that i would love to have crossover to actual sports so people can see the value of um esport and the entertainment in esport would be rocket league only because rocket mm, league is, is soccer a fun that's a fun game it's so much fun it's very difficult to pick up and play um just three on three rocket powered cars playing soccer it's g-rated um all the players that play it like you can start at a very young age and play professionally um because it's just so it hits every market like it attracts sponsors because of the g-rated stamp that it has it attracts like endemic and non-endemic sponsors like they have um like state farm (laughs) as one of their big main sponsors like like insurance sales just because they want kids to think about them they want kids to think about if they're gonna think about insurance when they get older they want them to think about state farm just little things like that or like rocket mortgage because rocket league like it all kind of attaches to right like it's an easy an easy sell for those kinds of games so the thing is with this though with this world of esports is like you never know what's going to come up next. You never know what's going to be popular next versus like sports. I mean, you have your established big sports that everyone kind of gravitates towards. And, you know, we saw XFL kind of make a resurgence here, but now it's gone away again. So like press F to pay respects to XFL. But um, like right now, a game that came out in 2017 is absolutely bopping on streams everywhere it's called among us everybody's playing um and it comes these things come out of the clear blue sky like apex legends dropped into the clear blue sky nobody knew about it then all of a sudden all these streamers are playing it because the publisher gave them money to play on their streams and then it became this esport like it's just kind of it, it it's it's so hard to predict like nobody thought that Fortnite was going to be as big as it was it literally came out as a a different kind of game and then they made a free-to-play battle royale mode and then it just absolutely blew up. I've never seen so many creators be able to retain this kind of viewership. Like I just did a, an event, an axe event with um, a bunch of streamers, a bunch of Canadian streamers. We played real um, battle royale on a paintball um, in a paintball area. It was like very paintball. It was a huge map. We had three different maps. They jumped it. They would like, it, we played like it was a real game. Like they would spawn, they would go look for, I don't know if you play Fortnite at all, but same idea where you like jump down, you have no nothing, chance. you gotta go find your weapon, find your ammo. They had to do that, but in real life, there was like streamers from everywhere across Canada. These guys have millions of followers, millions of views, and all they do is play Fortnite. Wow. That's all they do. And like they, they make so much money so much money from just playing this one game it's pretty wild to think about like the power of one video game so um i kind i feel like i kind of explained esports but it's Mm -hmm. difficult to explain because there's so many different avenues to go down but i got into hosting esport events um after the show that i was hosting um got taken off the air was forever ago but it was called ep daily and reviews in the run there were two different shows that had merged where i was reviewing video games and just going to talk to developers and living that life and then when i came back to toronto it was um uh just like working for xbox canada i did some um, shows for them and then i was asked to host an esport event here in toronto for a csgo tournament and from there i just realized like oh my god this is huge and i had no idea this is like four years ago now and um like four years in esports seems like an eternity because you just like (laughs) there's so many different things that happen and go on but um it's been pretty it's been pretty good like the scene is amazing the players so much fun to interview um i like i love doing stage interviews i love doing these live events there's such a there's just such a rush 
um, it's just fun because you like I love video games. I love the culture of video games. I love geeks. Like everything about it is just it, like makes me happy. Even even the trolls in the comments sometimes, which is why I'm always in the comments on TSN's Instagram too. Like I just love searching for trolls. I love it because I love trolling them back. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, that's funny you say it because uh, oftentimes <laughs> it's just like uh, I always see people will uh, bite on those trolls. I'm like, oh my. Dude, you're, this guy's clearly no. saying nonsense just for you to pick the bait, and so many yeah. people do it. It's so funny. I know it's true. You got to sniff them out. You got to be like I always. Um, I can always tell on their follow up if all they want is attention from me or if they actually have something good to say. I love a good chirp. I love a good chirp. So I'll uh, I'll follow through just in case. But um, it depends. Like sometimes it's just really fun for me to know that I've absolutely dismantled someone (laughs) without, without being, uh, too mean. Like I'll do it in a very, like, listen, this is really great that you think that, but you listen, like you're just wrong. Okay. (laughs) Like you're, you're wrong. And here's why without, without a chance for rebuttal or like you kind of ask a question back to them. Like, Oh, you said this, honestly, I just feel like at this point I try to take it easy on the comments because I'll just end up spending my whole effing night in the comments. Um, but when it comes to like WNBA posts, I just feel like there, there's just so much vitriol. There's so much hate in the comments from bros that don't even watch. Like they don't, they don't even watch. They're just in the comments to make funny, get back to the kitchen jokes. Like I I don't understand. Like, are you from, bro, are you from the fifties? Like when was that joke even relevant? (laughs) Like, do you know how many men cook? (laughs) Like it's insulting to men who are actually very good chefs. I wish I was a good (laughs) chef, but there, there, there's some, uh, some NBA, uh, sorry, uh, WNBA games are absolutely incredible. The finishes, it's like, holy crap. Like there's a lot of really good, uh, good games no question. I know, but it's like, it's like you guys, can you, can you even play basketball? Do you want to one V any of those girls? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because like they will absolutely handle you. <laughs> I, remember, I remember years and years and years ago, I had a buddy who said, uh, uh, when we were golfing, he said, uh, if I played LPGA tour players and they, of course they played their tees and, and he, mm-hmm. and he said, if he played the same tees as them, he'd be able to beat them. And I'm like, are okay. you actually the biggest dumbass <laughs> of all time? Like they would absolutely destroy your life. I don't care what, cause of course he was saying, Obviously, you'd be able to get closer to the green because the tees are uh, further uh, closer to the green. Sure, sure, like, sure. You are an yeah. absolute moron. Like they, they would destroy <laughs> your life, and I would love to see that. Actually, I know it's always it's always easy to be like the armchair expert, right? Like it's always easy to sit back and be like, "Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do. I'm sure I can do it better." Like, no, bro, no, you can't. <laughs> like, no. no, no, you can't. Just please sit down. Just it, it's okay. You can admit when a girl is good at sports. It's fine. Nothing will happen to you. I promise. <laughs> Except for good things. Like imagine being positive. Imagine being kind to women who are in sports. Like like imagine that and like the good that can come from it. Just because you're spreading positivity and love. Absolutely. And uh, I, I love uh, women's tennis uh, and women's golf. Oh, like yeah. obviously, I'm a huge golf fan, but. Women's golf, I really like because it's completely. A lot of it is different from the from the men's game. Of course, there are some women who hit it far, but generally speaking, it's more precision. But like they are Ooh. so unbelievably accurate, it's incredible. I got into women's golf when I was obsessed with the Golf Network one year. Like I don't even know why it was just um, we just had it on constantly. I would watch the Big Break. Oh yeah, um, yeah. good job. That was such yeah, that was so much fun. Like for reality shows, like I like that kind of stuff. I like when it's like, okay, this is real. This isn't like a you know some kind of figmented story that needs to take place that a producer is like pushing on. But um, no, it was a like, good competition. It was nice to see. Uh, I, I actually I didn't watch enough of that show. Surprisingly, considering how much I love golf and reality shows, but I watched maybe four mm. or five seasons and it was great. What, 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 uh, I want to take uh, umbrage, Gilbert, uh, about you saying uh, reality shows, uh, uh, yeah. basically a bit phony. What, which ones are you, are you referring to? I'm very upset. Oh, well, I'm talking about, I'm like, I don't know if you watch The Bachelor at all or like um, uh, the yeah, stupid. Excuse me. But yes, like, course. it's so, okay, okay. Like, let's, okay, first of all, let's admit that it's a massive waste of time and we shouldn't watch that show at all. But like, <laughs> it's funny. Yes, it is funny. It's hilarious. They're, they're funny. Um, but then I realized when you walk away from it, you kind of realize, oh, well, it's only funny because we're making fun of all these people. And is that mean? Maybe. 
Like probably, but they put themselves in this position to be made fun of. So you have to like, you try to like reconcile that way. Um, and there's just always, I don't know, it's kind of just fake. A lot of it is obviously just um, built up into something. And then you put these people on pedestals, like some of the bachelors that they've had. And you think they're like the greatest. Oh my God, the best guy ever. So nice. So wonderful. And then like right after the season's done, you're like, oh God, an absolute D-bag. <laughs> like, what were we thinking? We're all duped just watching the show. I don't understand um, so, people who, yeah. yeah, people who like watch those shows and, and they actually care about uh, the couple's actually uh, working. Of course, I, I, I get it. Like, it would be kind of <laughs> nice. But it's like, I watch a show because I don't care about them at all. I just want <laughs> yeah. good TV. I want entertaining characters. Like, yeah. I, uh, the last few years, I will admit, I, I think I've said this on this podcast, Bachelor in Paradise is very much, obviously, very scripted, more than it used to be, because all these yes. people used to be on the original Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons. So they, they know yeah. how to get their 15 minutes of fame. But... Uh, oh Love Island gosh, season two just uh, just finished, uh, and like obviously there's some drama on that show as well. Uh, and mm. the narr- I don't know if you watched the, the last season, but the narrator on Love Island is absolutely incredible. He's so so funny, but like it actually feels real. These uh, connections mm, mm. actually seem kind of real, and maybe it won't work out, but uh, much better. I don't know. Like I don't keep up with the um, the couples. I'm not sure if the one from the first season. I only watched the first season. I liked um, a couple of them on the first season. I think they're really cute. Um, it's just so funny that we get we get really invested in these people. We have no clue who they are. <laughs> we just kind of get completely invested in whatever it is they're doing, whatever it is they're saying, and the relationships they're making. Like it's just so. I don't know. It's so it's so funny to me. Like there are a few different reality shows now that I've been like, uh, oh my gosh, what was that one where it's like you? It's a blind. You have to get married to them without seeing their face Love is or blind? something. Like yeah, that's right. That's right. Love is blind. That's right. Did you watch that? I watched the whole season. I thought the very few first couple episodes were really intriguing and interesting because it's, of course it's it's a different concept for those who haven't watched. It's a show where uh, they had to talk to each other, um, a bunch of different contestants and then see if they actually liked each other without actually mm-hmm. seeing them. So it's a really cool concept. You know, yeah. maybe you can like them again. Love is blind. You don't actually see the person, but then within an episode and a half of like the 10 or 12 episodes they had, they mm. already would see each other. They already met each other face to face. It's yeah. like the whole concept of the show, which was really intriguing and cool is now gone yeah. within two episodes. I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They should have kept it blind love until the day they got married. Like that should have been it. Or at but. least like halfway into the season or something. But like, yeah, I think it was maybe right at the end of episode one or maybe it was episode two. Uh, there was mm. already a couple that saw each other. It's like, the whole concept of the show is over. What's the point? <laughs> this is so stupid. It's true. It's so true. I know a lot of it was really stupid, um, but I got into it. Like I'll get into it with those couples. I searched them on Instagram after to see if they're still together. And they're probably <laughs> like not, I really, right? yeah, yeah. Um, some of them are. I haven't checked in the. I don't know in a while. It was just like the first month the show was over. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I don't follow them or anything. It's just nice to go. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You like, haven't checked in a while. They, they, they haven't. Yeah, it's been what a year. You haven't checked in a while. Yeah. Odds are they're probably not a couple anymore. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. <laughs> you never know. I just feel like because they have this really interesting experience together, right? Like, but then what comes from it after? Like, they get all this fame on their Instagram. They get all these Instagram deals. Instagram famous people sliding into their DMs. Probably famous people sliding into their DMs. They get intrigued by other people that are around. And they want to go test the waters over there like you know how it works once people get their egos pumped a little bit get a little fame in them oh, they want to see what's out there right like mm-hmm. they want to they um what does that remind me of that reminds me of the seinfeld episode where um elaine is dating the doctor and he refuses to have sex with her because or no she refuses to have sex with him because um that'll make him smarter and he'll be able to retain more information so he can pass and then actually become a doctor and then the second he became a doctor he dumped elaine <laughs> because it was always been his dream to break up with whoever he was with to find a better partner because he was a doctor. <laughs> so yeah, same vibe. Everything in life can be related back to Seinfeld in some way. Yes. Um, and that's just a perfect example of that. Uh, I, I love that you mentioned that. And uh, I've, I think I, maybe I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I watched or I bought all of Seinfeld DVDs uh, and I watched them all like binge watch all, was it nine seasons or whatever it is, eight seasons. Uh, and yeah. uh, so I've only seen pretty much every episode once and I loved it, but uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, please tell me you watched that as well. 
Oh my gosh, of course. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, so Curb is like right up there with it. But you have to, well, like, you've got to watch more the season more than one time, Sandra. Yes. Yeah, gotta, you I, gotta, do. I do. I do. It's, it's one of those cult classics that's like, I swear, every single thing, every single episode is something that's so relatable to real mm-hmm. life, even though they made it forever ago and nobody had cell phones then and, you know, technology and all that stuff. And like, we don't have some of the problems that they had then, like miscommunication on when to meet up and where to be and that kind of stuff. But um, outside of that, the ideas behind most things, especially relationships, are incredibly relatable. Um, that like you can apply because I, I always look for something to it's it's good to laugh. <laughs> it's good to laugh in life, right? Yeah, um, and, love to and laugh, even if yeah. you're having a really if you're having a really bad day or whatever it is, and problems happen all the time, it's good to find something to relate to. And I feel like Seinfeld kind of does it for me. Like, there's always something that happens daily. That'll be like, oh, well, that's my Seinfeld reference of the day. And like, I just oh, had it with you right now. <laughs> oh, it happens all the time. I'm the same way with Curb because I obviously have watched more episodes uh, more often. But uh, there's, yeah. there's a the reason I asked about if you like Curb or not is because there's a faction of Seinfeld fans for whatever reason, even though all the actors on Seinfeld, Michael Richards, yeah. Julie Louis-Dreyfus, Jason Alexander, obviously Jerry Seinfeld, even though all of them have, have been on Curb, and especially mm-hmm. season seven where they actually had a Seinfeld fake reunion storyline there's a faction Mm -hmm. of seinfeld fans for whatever reason don't like curb and it blows my mind because it is so damn funny and like said like you said uh, very relatable i don't understand about i don't understand that at all because i feel like if you're a a true seinfeld fan you would understand and, and and find a lot of wonderful references in curb that you could hold on to i the only thing that i can think of that seinfeld fans wouldn't like is that they must just not like george like they must not like the character of George because Larry literally is the embodiment of like Larry <laughs> is George. Like that was the character. So um, I can't imagine. I don't know how. I don't know how you can be a Seinfeld fan and then not be a uh, Curb fan. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I, I, if, if uh, we're in the trust tree here, uh, to be fully honest, if I tell someone I love Curb Enthusiasm and they say they do not like the show, mm. like, yeah. if, if you haven't seen it, fair enough. But if you've actually watched the show and you don't yeah. like it, I judge you uh, uh, with epic proportions. Yeah, no, me too. I am the same way with people when they say they don't like Seinfeld. Or if they say they like Friends over Seinfeld, I'm like, what is, why? <laughs> why? Oh, what dear. is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> like, does it, those are two completely different shows. And I feel like that comparison really shouldn't be made. I get that they were on like the same Thursday night lineup forever ago, but um, and so people would make that comparison and they were always up against each other in like um, best sitcom awards. But um, they just, there's so many things in friends that didn't make sense versus Seinfeld was very, it seemed much more relatable. Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, well, Marissa, this has been a fantastic, I'll, I'll get you out of, out of here on this. Uh, we could okay. literally be talking for another 14 hours. I'm sure because this has been <laughs> fantastic. Uh, honestly, I swear to God, one of my favorite interviews uh, and this is episode 40 of the H dog pod. Uh, Whoa. Okay, hold up, hold up. Milestone. I just need you to say publicly that you liked my episode better than my producer Christopher Hines. Oh man, Hines was amazing too. <laughs> um, yes, I will go on record right now and say Christopher Hines. So I brew. Uh, Marissa and Roberto was uh, much better. Uh, not much better, uh, but uh, a little bit better. Yo, uh, no, eat it, <laughs> eat it, Hines, eat it. No, they, they, this has been fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, like I said, we can, we, we can go on forever, but this, uh, this is so much fun. Um, Definitely. Yeah, have me on any time. We can talk more. Uh, well, <laughs> I won't talk fantasy football with you, but I will talk Kerber enthusiasm. No problem. No no, no question. But uh, I did want to uh, get you on the, out of here on this, though. Uh, I, I, like we were talking about video games earlier, and we tweeted, mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a month ago, uh, favorite video mm-hmm. games. Uh, tell me your like top three video games of all time uh, and why. Ah, you're gonna have people come after me for this my top three video games of all time my number one video game of all time is skyrim so in the so bethesda made a game um have they have an elder scroll series and um one of the first games i played from their series was oblivion and that was my first experience with an american style rpg and i just got completely lost in it i loved every second of it i was just completely immersed in this um story driven rpg so role-playing game and then uh, Skyrim came out, and it would just it just blew my mind. Like everything about it was incredible. I love the open world. I love building character. I love 
being able to join different guilds, having magic. If I want to have magic, be an archer. If I want to be an archer, I just love the freedom of playing a character like that and, and literally words. building. Yeah, literally, <laughs> sorry, literally building whoever you want to be really in the game. Right. Um, it's like you make it your own. And for that reason, um, I feel like I have to put Zelda Breath of the Wild in the list as well because it has the same kind of vibes, but you get to play as Link. Like you are playing a Zelda game, but with the freedom of an open world. Just an absolute masterpiece of a video game that I feel like should be up there on anybody's list. Um, and then I'm a huge Animal Crossing fan. I love Animal Crossing. This COVID season was um, definitely Animal Crossing COVID season. I feel like it helped a lot of gamers get through a lot because there was just so much heaviness going on in the world. There still is, but um, it was a nice escape. And um, it's just like a... How do I describe Animal Crossing to people that have never played it? It's like I was just going to say, what the hell is it? I've heard of it, but no Yeah, idea. it's like, uh, I have a friend uh, in the industry who calls it Chore Island. Because like you just, it's literally just like a bunch of things that you constantly need to do. But it's like you are maintaining a village essentially like a little island where there are people that move on to your island and you kind of like set them up and you have to do a bunch of chores yes you got to like collect things and build things and um just accrue different things from other islands um you you can visit your friends there's a big turnip trade like a the stock market it's called but like stock spelled for you know a root vegetable um stock market where you buy we everybody got up in the morning like early on sunday because at noon the girl who sells the turnips the little daisy may little piglet um she's there selling turnips and if you don't catch her in time then you're you're sol man you, you can't take part in the whole trade the whole week but then you have to watch your stock prices and you go visit friends islands who have better prices it was just so much fun to interact with people online and go see who had the best prices and then you go to their islands and see how they set up their island and then you like leave them tips like money bags it's just like there's so much fun to be had and there's a huge community um and you get to show off your creativity so like if you enjoy interior design in some way or enjoy fashion like there are different parts of the game that you can interact with that um kind of cater to that need it literally is a game for anyone and everyone like my husband is a huge animal crossing fan but he's also like literally one of the most hardcore gamers i know he plays everything like right now i don't know if you can hear the buttons clicking but he's playing tony hawk um pro skater and uh he's playing that but he also he dominates in halo like he loves shooters too he loves sports games but he also loves animal crossing like there's so much it's not just a girl game is basically what i'm saying it's, it's also for a lot of guys they love it too um most of my gamer friends that are boys uh dive into animal crossing so i highly recommend it they just did an october update so you can dress up and go trick-or-treating and it's it literally like a little world that you're living in where you do also have to pay a mortgage essentially, but it's more maintainable and uh, you can make more money in this game than you can in real life. So <laughs> I would say that was my long winded answer for, I, I guess that would be my top three at the moment. Wow. Uh, I will go with, uh, first of all, uh, in terms of systems, Super Nintendo, my favorite, no questions asked. It's okay. So yes. So uh, Mario World? Super Mario World or Super Mario All-Stars. All-Stars, at least you have the benefit of like four different games, oh, right? One, two, three, you're and gonna, the Lost Oh, you cheater. You're a cheat. I got All-Stars too. Fine. That's on my list too. Whatever. <laughs> Super Mario All-Stars. <laughs> we'll say that. Only because you have four games options. Uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong games are super. Like one, two, and three. So good. Very difficult. They're so fun though. Uh, Very difficult. Turtles in Time. For wow! Super Nintendo. I love Turtles in Time. Tremendous, tremendous. I really wish they would have done a, another Super Nintendo oh, game for Turtles. That is such a good side scroller. Oh my god! Yes, 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 yes love yes. that choice. And then, uh, actually, they're gonna they're gonna come out. I think it's actually this month uh, on PS4. Uh, a new Crash Bandicoot game. I think apparently there's like a hundred levels. But the Crash Bandicoot game. Are you sure it's not coming out for PS5 and then you're going to miss the mark? Oh, damn. That would suck, eh? Oh, man. That would be real. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, they, did, they did the remastered Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, 3 on PS4, which I have the game. I have the original game yeah, as well. Crash Fan, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. Such, they're so fun, uh, those games as well. So, uh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Those are good oh, choices. I, You know what? I have much more respect for you now. Those are good choices. You have to, like, you got to have a good list of video games, right? Much <laughs> more respect. My... So, so what was yeah. the level of respect at a scale of <laughs> 0 to 10? Was it like a 1 before or... Well, I mean, you did. I we okay, fine. No, I just need to make sure that you knew your video games. That's all. If you know games, like listen, you're in my good books. 
Oh man, yeah, video <laughs> games are so much fun, and uh, I love just yeah. burying time, burying time in my life. Like I'll probably do after in this podcast time. for yeah, n- yes, for no like I'll waste eight hours of my life doing nothing but playing video games. But it's the greatest thing of all time. I'm telling you, man, get into it. Yeah, get into Skyrim. I kind of want to hear what you think about it because it doesn't sound like a game that you've ever played before. And I feel like like that's something you could live in, and you literally choose the kind of person you want to be and the kind of gamer you want to be in that game. It's wild. Uh, what's uh, what's the new, uh, newest game? Uh, my buddy Andrew Schwartz uh, tried to get me into it. It's like fifty people, fifty of the characters, and you're running to get to the finish line. And uh, what's it called? Oh, you know I, um, uh, yeah, yeah, something Fall Guys. Fall Guys, yes, yes, I, I played yeah. that a few weekends ago. Uh, Fall, ah, Fall Guys is such an Fall Guys is such an asshole game though because it's like you, you, it is a lot of fun, but it's so random. It's kind of like Mario Kart in that way, where it's like somebody's gonna you're in the you're you're in number one, but somebody's got that blue shell and you're, it's over for you, man. <laughs> like you're done. So there's just a lot of, um, I don't know. It, it's, it is fun for sure, but it's so frustrating. It yeah. is beyond frustrating. I didn't do super well in that game. So I played it for maybe I don't know, a couple hours on a couple of uh, weekends ago. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, get a crew going. If you can get a crew going to play among us, a lot it's a lot of fun. Among us is a lot of fun. Like you can down, it's for, it's free on your phone. Um, you can play it on PC or your phone. It's a lot of fun. It's like um, a bunch of different, like everybody on the spaceship has tasks to do. So you want a group of at least 10, but um, you have tasks to do. And then there's usually one or two imposters and the imposters mm, are cool. there sabotaging everything. Oh, and also it. they're killing, yeah, killing other players, but you have to have group meetings. So every time a body is found, it's reported. And then you all have to discuss together who you think the imposter is and you have to vote the imposter out. Um, so the, the goal is to either get the imposters out to win or complete all your tasks to win or the imposters will sabotage everything and kill everybody, and then they win. It's really good. Wow. that uh, I, I, Everything we were talking about leads to something else that I can talk about. Uh, talk I know. About. Sorry. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. That's incredible. Did you ever watch The, <laughs> Mole, the Mole back in the day? A tremendous no, reality show? No, no. Oh. But, like, same same vibe, right? Except, yes. like, no killing. But, yeah. That was um, <laughs> Anderson Cooper, before he went to CNN, was the host of that. And uh, oh, sh- one wow. of my favorite reality maybe my, maybe my favorite reality show, uh, basically – they were all trying to win games for money, uh, but there was one person, the mole, trying to screw them over. A very similar concept, it seemed seems like, mm. and uh, the, the players didn't know who the mole was. So mm. essentially, they at the end of the episode, instead of voting people off like Survivor or Big Brother, they had to take a quiz yeah. on what they think who they thought the mole was, and it was like, uh, <laughs> what uh, did the mole eat ketchup at dinner? It was a, it was a game of uh, observation, basically. Like, what, what game was the mole playing in? Da, da, da. So they, they were trying to figure out and say so a yeah, very, very similar concept to what you were saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and oh my god, the, the the show was so so good. It's like in like forty countries in the world. Like, it's a it's a huge hit. But in the states, Dang. for whatever reason, I think because you had to use your brain a little bit. Yeah, I had to be a little <laughs> bit smart. People did not like the reality show as much as they should have, and it, it disappoints it disappoints me to this day because it was such a great show. Oh man, bring it back! Get get you got to produce it. Just bring it back, man. Yeah, that would be absolutely incredible. Uh, well, Marissa, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, sorry, Chris Hine, but uh, Marissa was better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's okay. That's all I need to say. That's why I did it to be Chris Hine. That's all I want. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this uh, podcast. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Bye. That was an absolute blast talking to Marissa Roberto about the Blue Jays season and esports, which I finally learned a lot about, and I'm so glad she loved my choices of Super Mario All-Stars, Turtles in Time, and Donkey Kong Country as incredible video games. You can follow Marissa on Instagram at mrob29 and on Twitter at Marissa Roberto. She was phenomenal. One of my favorite guests I've ever had on the H-Dog Pod. Eh, sorry, cameraman Glenn. Thank you so much for listening to episode 40 of the H-Dog Pod. Bye. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I, I put you in my phone as Hound Dog Harrison, and every time my phone rings, it announces who's calling. Just like Hound Dog Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. How uh, how do you do that? How do you do the announcing thing? I have no, I have no idea. And I don't know how to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's, wow! That's incredible. I, I have no. I no understanding of how to do that, but that sounds amazing. No, 
I'm sure, like, if I look into it, I can figure it out for you. But I've just kind of been enjoying that my phone announces who's calling every so often. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So I just leave it, yeah.